Hello and welcome back to the Drive the Lane podcast for League 31. I We are in PNTT coverage and I am your host tonight, Coach Jimmy Neutron of the Rochester Boy Geniuses. What's up, Nerd Nation? Uh, and tonight with I have with me a very special guest. He has won the most prestigious tournament, uh, even though he has not won the second most prestigious tournament. Um, and we are very lucky to have him year after year. So, uh, yeah, we have here with us Coach JD. Coach, how you doing? Doing good. Appreciate the the props and uh, yeah, looking forward to hopefully continuing the success and you know eventually get my name in the PNTT Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's I, I mean, I don't know what the uh, selection criteria is, but I think you're already in. Um, so yeah, how did uh, how did Clearwater do on uh, signing day? Yeah, we had a, a decent signing day. I mean, uh, definitely very. Only had ties uh, like a six mm-hmm. and six and two five two a seventeen tie and two sixteen ties and uh, replacing two really talented senior starters. We just had to have right. good luck and um, you know, there was a guy two times in the last few weeks or you know counting T League. There's like a recruit that's been a big tie, but like I, I just knew from the second I saw him like that guy's going to sign with us. And mm-hmm. luckily, it turned out not to be gas, and it came true. So. Yeah, you know, that's awesome. signed Jeremiah Mitchum out of a who was just a really important recruit for us because otherwise I don't know what we were going to do in the backcourt. So, um, mm-hmm. and then we managed to break a a two two against uh against Ocala in conference. We, we'll talk about them here soon. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure he, I, I know he's lost a few to me, but um, he also got mm-hmm. Isaiah Moses a couple of years ago too. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it all comes around. It's always fun, you know. Um, fun if you win the guys against the conference got conference foes, but. Uh, right. It really sucks to lose them. So, uh, totally. <laughs> yeah. So overall, you can't complain. You win a five-five, two-two, and a one-one. I mean, it's, yeah, that's nice. You read through the message boards, guys losing all of them. I know, including yourself. It's uh, yeah. And, and yeah, I don't want to rub it in. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. I mean, my like my luck in test league. It, it's like league thirty-one is more important to me, but my luck in test league was has been absolutely ridiculous i broke two more ties this year a 4-4 and a two no one one but i'm like 12 ties above average yeah. in that league which is uh you know it's faster pace but i mean 12 guys that i shouldn't have gotten um so i can't complain about luck you know i know it all it all comes back around law of averages sort of stuff um and i know you know uh get guys like subpar stash in ocala it's like really frustrating right now to not get those. And he even had like a little bit of a disappointing career for Isaiah Moses. You know what I mean? He tried everything and Moses just couldn't capture what he did his freshman season, but yeah. you know, it's going to, it's going to come back around. Yep. Yeah. My league 34 is where I don't win my ties. So yep. It, it, yeah. we all have our team that doesn't have the same luck as the other ones. Right. Right. Exactly. So, all right, well, let's go ahead and jump into, so we're going to do the Hinneman group, the O'Brien group, and then the last large group. I think it's like just, called group six or something um kyle really lost steam there at the end Um, (laughs) district district seven yeah yeah exactly um yeah there it is um so we're gonna start here with the henneman group so we got the henneman group which is made up of uh the one seed albuquerque two seed manassas three seed aberdeen four seed billings so a lot of really active test league coaches so what's up what's up guys um so we have uh, the one seed, we'll go ahead and start with them. So we have the Albuquerque at Thomas, coached by Coach McMeyer. Um, he lost the 153-111 class and then gained the 131-165 class. And then he finished the year as the 14th ranked team uh, and then 
uh, comes into the year 133rd, which actually he, he came to the year around that mark last year as well uh, and ended up as a 14th ring team. So way outperforms what the mags think about him. Um, so, yeah, I'll let you go ahead and get started. What do you see here with uh, the Atomics? Yeah, I mean, the first thing that kind of jumps out is, you know, you think it's just an overall great coaching job by uh, McMeyer with this team because, you know, on paper, mm-hmm. not the most talented team in the league, although they had, you know, there's some good players in there for sure. Um, but, you know, definitely coached them up pretty well last year, getting them to the NTT, winning the group in the NTT. Um, but signing day wasn't, you know, the best for them because, the guy that they lost from their team last year, Giancarlo mm-hmm. Hinneman, namesake for the group. I mean, he was so important. I mean, a 20 and 10 guy, played defense, um, didn't have terrible hands, even if it wasn't great. I mean, but just, uh, you know, in a league that's so hard to get good big guys, you know, it's always sucks mm-hmm. to lose those guys. And then, especially if you don't get anyone to replace them, which you look at their incoming class, 6'1, 6'5, 6'6, that they're not replacing it. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, overall they're kind of similar, similarly talented to last year. Um, but they, they're, they're going to have a big hole, you know, in, in the front court. And I think that's going to pose some problems for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, they, like you said, they graduated their backup power forward, backup center. Um, looks like they might have to start like Jason Keegi, who's just seems like a meh glue six, seven guy. I wonder if he like, I guess I could slide Brazil down. Right. Yeah, that's what I figure they'll um, do. Then, Brazil's going to shift to a bigger spot, and then you know Eskridge. Uh-huh. You know he he was definitely a good player, point guard. Um, you know he can score, defends mm-hmm. at a high level. You know six one, but he's also not really. He had struggles with with hands as well. So um, mm-hmm. I like Drake Davis a little bit. You know from their freshman class, mm-hmm. plays defense, shoots pretty well, um, takes care of the ball. So I kind of think that they're going to have to go maybe small and put him in at point guard, Eskridge to shooting guard, and then, yeah, basically shift everyone else up in the lineup to try and help uh, fill in for that, you know, hit him in spot. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think the offense, you know, they lose 20 points per game from Henneman. I wonder if that's just spread out between Brazil, Sharif, and Eskridge. Um, all three guys shot between 53 and 54% true shooting. Um, and Henneman, I mean, was shooting at 54.7% true shooting. So nothing like super above them i don't you know guys like efficiency definitely changes with volume uh sometimes in this league so i don't know if like a guy like mason sharif only scored 9.4 points per game at 54 percent true shooting can do it when he has a little bit more uh volume it seems like that that sort of true shooting percentage was led by him being able to make essentially a three a game when he was taken to you know what i mean yeah so and they're and they they played strong defense which is what helped him last year you know um right and, you know, losing the scoring, and that's just going to be really important for them to to keep that up. You know, you know, they'll, they'll be, again, probably small in the backcourt, but, you know, those guys can defend. Um, so that's going to be the calling card, again, for them is, uh, you know, play defense and then you know, hope they can get enough of a committee approach to scoring without probably a lead mm-hmm. score to, uh, you know, to outscore the other team. Yep, I would agree. All right, well, let's go ahead and jump over to the two seeds. So we've got the Manassas Bloodbath, coached by Coach Whalen. Um, Waylon lost the 3216 class and brought in the 206 189 class, and then he finished the year ranked 33rd. But because he has a, a pretty deep team, uh, this one class didn't really hurt him, so he comes in the year ranked 38th. Uh, so what do you see here with uh, Wayland's squad? Yeah, this is a team that you know we actually met in the Elite Eight last year, so a really solid, balanced team. You know, from last year, I mean, everyone their entire lineup was basically 12 to 15 and a half points uh, in scoring, so. 
even though they're losing two of those guys, uh, and they do, they definitely will have to replace the production from the forward mm-hmm. spot. But you know, they they return, mm-hmm. you know, you know, some pretty talented guys as well. Um, Bryce Gratton is an outstanding point guard. You know, fifteen points, seven assists, less than two turnovers, almost two steals a game. Doesn't shoot it great from the outside, but he gets the line a little bit. So he's just going to have to take on kind of a maybe a bigger role, you know, even more than what he's already doing from last year to kind of help um, fill in for those guys. And then um, I'm kind of curious about, you know, even though the class isn't rated all that high, um, Michael mm-hmm. Smith, he may have been a bit of a volume scorer, mm-hmm. but, you know, he looks like a pretty decent guy for a class that's not, you know, rated all that highly. Um, you know, 22 points, mm-hmm. only two steals, you know, not too bad with the hands. So I don't know. I don't know if he's a guy that can make a run at the starting lineup and, you know, maybe Gratton and Molnix shift up a little bit or if he's just a bench guy, mm-hmm. but I'll be curious to see yeah, what happens with him. But yeah, they're still, still, you know, have a lot of depth, especially in a competitive league like this, you know, but they, yeah, they want to figure out how to fill those forward spots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, but Manassas is a really interesting team because last year they actually got outperformed in true shooting percentage. They allowed 54.4 and they scored at a 54.1%, right? Um, and, and what seemed to be the difference was, like, they didn't shoot very many threes, so that number's going to go down, right? Um, but they got they slightly got to the they got to the free throw line slightly more, and then just uh, an offensive rebound here or there more, and then a few less turnovers. And so they really play a possession game that where it's like, we're going to have more possessions because we're not going to be as dumb with the ball. Um, it. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that as much. I, although I looked at, you know, Joshua Anderson and Blake Bell actually had really good numbers in high school. Yeah. They're kind of like double and double guys with three and three in terms of assists and blocks. And so I think they both could probably start and then you move. I don't know if he sort of keeps like the big small forward like he did last year with Blaisdell graduating um, or if Anderson and Blake Bell take the the four and the five spot and then Fires moves down to the three. Um it, yeah, it would be really interesting. And then Michael Smith, I think, is the only freshman, like you said, that could really have a chance to start here. Yeah, I mean, Davis, you know, at least has some size, you know, grab some rebounds and looks like he won't mm-hmm. probably won't kill them defensively. So you can probably throw him at backup center and sub him out a lot mm-hmm. and, and, and be okay. But, yeah, they're probably – yeah, I agree. The, uh, Anderson and Bell, probably at least one of those guys is coming to the starting lineup and will definitely help, mm-hmm. you know, again, that, have the starting lineup be, you know, pretty strong overall and then, you know – Hopefully they can hide maybe the lack of depth there in the in the front court uh, on the bench. So, mm-hmm. yep, yep, good stuff. All right, let's go ahead and move to the three seed here. So we have the Aberdeen Tribe, coached by our man across the pond, uh, Naftali. So they graduated the eighty nine thirty three class and brought in the fifty eight ninety class, and then they finished finished last year as a sixty ninth ranked team, uh, and then come into the season ranked ninety first. Uh, so what do you see here with uh, this Aberdeen squad? So I see a team that's getting a big boost in recruiting. Um, Emmanuel Wright is uh, just a complete stud, you know, and it's really kind of surprising mm-hmm. that their recruiting class was ranked as it was. You'd think maybe at least that second number would be a lot higher because I doubt there's 50 guys better than Wright um, in the right. class. Right, right. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, he's a guy that, you know, 22 points, 11.5 rebounds, 3.2 blocks. I mean, yeah, he doesn't pass but they probably won't ask him to. So, um, uh, you know, just a, a, an outstanding player who's going to come in and, you know, join up, join forces with uh, Samuel Kilo and, you know, be a pretty potent one-two punch uh, for them. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they, you know, Joseph Souders graduated 
you know, as a power forward, but you know, that they're upgrading there, you know, with him. So um, yeah, another year of maturity from everyone else. And uh, you know, we'll see, see what happens there, but um, definitely a big one, two punch with uh, him and, and Kilo. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Uh, I'm really interested. So they, he made a change in the middle of last year where he moved. Um, hold on. Let me see. Sorry. So Ethan Rocket was his backup center. He moved him to small forward late and then moved Riley Miller to the bench um, as a backup center. So trying to get a little bit bigger. Um, and and I wonder if that's a move he's going to stick with. That's a really interesting move there just to get a lot bigger. Um, and and then, again, you, you just get even bigger with Emmanuel Wright uh, is for sure sliding into that power forward or center, probably power forward slot. So he's going to be running 6'9", 6'10", 7'' again. Uh, with a little bit of size uh, deficiencies in the guard slots. But, um, I mean, I, I avoid guys that are 5'11", 6' because I usually can't get them to shoot at the clips that they were shooting at in high school. But um, Samuel Killow is is an, an efficient enough scorer for scoring 28 points a game. You know, um, definitely a guy that he can continue to ride this year. Yeah, especially so, definitely since, a talent. Especially since he didn't shoot really all that well from the three-point line or from the free-throw line. He got to the free-throw a lot. Right. So, you know, if I were – I would probably have him practicing free-throws and tell him to drive a little mm-hmm. bit more and then get a little right. two-man game going on with right. And then one other freshman I'll touch on, too, but, you know, I'm sure he, he's not going to get rated highly, but Benjamin, you know, Car- Cargile or Cargile, I don't know how you want to pronounce it, but – I mean, he's a guy I think you could throw into a forward spot, and and like mm-hmm. he, he looks like he's going to be a defensive stopper. I mean, steal and a half, and nearly two blocks per game from a six-seven power forward. Um, right. Passes the ball pretty well, so he looks like a weapon that you can put put in there as a glue guy and defensive stopper. Maybe move him around the the lineup a little bit. I always I love having guys like that, and it looks like he can he can be a weapon for them to to deploy somewhere as well. No, that's a good call. I, I had, didn't even notice him because I was just looking at points real quick. Yeah. But I think that's a really good point. Yeah, I wonder if he, he Rocket, or Miller are going to take that that three slot. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, let's move on to Billings. So we got the Billings Wither Storm, uh, coached by Coach Will Atrillion, my freaking dog. Um, he, this is also, I believe, W. Schaefer in uh, T-League. Um, and so they graduated the 160-126 class, brought in the 1593 class, and then finished last year as the 92nd ranked team and coming to the season ranked 25th. So uh, things to be excited about here in Billings. What do you see here with the weather storm? Yeah, another team that's going to have a pretty good two-man game uh, with Riley Hansen at a power forward and you know, Ethan Padilla in the in the backcourt. Uh, you know, Padilla you know, scored at a pretty high level, 20 points per game. Didn't take mm-hmm. great care of the ball, but just uh, a guy that they really is told to shoot. You know, and two and a half steals per game is, uh, is you know, very impressive so yeah him and Hanson together uh are going to be um you know going to be a problem and then mm-hmm. um let's see uh, from the from the freshman and Reuben Washington scored you know 21 points per game Seth Johnson has played a small uh spot you know kind of a small center spot in a, in high school and you know I think that they're going to have to since all their guys coming in are 6-4 and they did graduate you know, the backup center, um, they're going to be a little bit small in the front court. Uh, but at least, mm-hmm. you know, they maybe have someone they can, like Johnson that can, you know, kind of be a little bulldog in the China shop at power forward, backup <laughs> power forward. And, right. Um, you know, be there for him. But, yeah, just another two, a two-man uh, two man game here. Not to take anything away from Roos, but, I mean, Hanson and Padilla are, are the star players here. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, and Ruben Washington, 21 points a game on 59%. True shooting, just like those other two guys. Um, they could be a real three-headed monster here, and then you don't have to have Bruce shoot as much. Um, I, I also think, and I wonder if Bruce just straight up loses his starting. Yeah, I think he just loses. He's the one who loses his starting spot here. Um, he just did 0.5 to 2.3 assist turnover ratio, 0.5 steals, 0.4 blocks. Um, I wonder if he actually is the one moved to the bench and then Jacob Hudson sort of stays in and as the big uh, small forward there. Um, but I guess we'll see. Because Ruben Washington, I think, is is going to be a really, really good player, uh, at least on the offense. Yeah, it's definitely a better offensive player. I mean, it's tough to tell on defense. You know, I don't know. You know, right. Sometimes, you know, good defenders don't necessarily get a lot of steals. So I don't know where Bruce right. or Washington show up there since neither one had even one mm-hmm. steal per game. So that's the only question mark there in, in defending opposing shooting guards. But. Yeah, I mean, Washington definitely is a superior offensive player and uh, can definitely add a, another another weapon. If nothing, but one, if one of those guys is coming off the bench, I mean, they didn't get a lot of production from the bench last year. So just having mm-hmm. one of those guys that can come in and you know score like five to seven points per game will, you know, basically double the output they got from last year's team. So that's definitely a, a benefit and improvement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually, what's funny is I'm looking at Roos's uh, high school stats, and they're almost identical to Ruben Washington's. Mm-hmm. So that. The, it's uh it's wild 20.6 points per game on 59.7 percent true shooting then you have 21.4 points per game on 59.7 percent true shooting pretty much same amount of steals um and so yeah i mean coach has a a tough decision here he could also just start five six four guys and roll that but i don't know if that's going to work um but it, it, an exciting team and honestly an exciting group i mean i feel like everyone um Maybe except for Albuquerque got better mm-hmm. um, and got deeper. Uh, may, maybe Manassas lost some, but they they're, they at least stayed deep. Um, and I think that this is a really, really uh, – this is a group that is a bit of a toss-up. But before we get there, let's talk about uh, just a couple of players to watch. So we've mentioned a lot of guys. Who are you uh, honing in on, though? Yeah, I mean, definitely have touched on all you know the top guys. I mean, uh, Bryce Gratton and and you know uh, Manasa, mm-hmm. Manassas, Manassas. I, I don't even know. I'm being laughed I don't at. Know, by actually. Don't know who, what it is for sure. Um, <laughs> he, he's a great player. You know, definitely interested to see what uh, you know Emmanuel Wright. You know, comes in as a freshman for Aberdeen. You know, the Billings duo with Hanson and Padilla, um, Kilo and uh, and Aberdeen, and then. I mean, Albuquerque, one of those guys hopefully steps up. You know, they're not coming in with the, with all the fanfare, but, you know, between Brazel or mm-hmm. Eskridge, you know, maybe one of those guys, you know, steps up and, you know, tries to steal a first-team spot from the guys we just mentioned. Yep, yeah. No, I, th- I think you mentioned them all. I think those are good stuff. Emmanuel Wright is, is my pick for the player of the group um, and the freshman of the group, so that's pretty exciting. But uh, so what do you got predictions-wise for this group? Um. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be tough for the the favorite. Um, you know, like we mentioned, they they're just mm-hmm. replacing a lot, and you know, maybe they overachieved a touch last year. So, you know, I do think the other teams are likely to. I feel like they're the least likely team to to win. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and and I think that you could ask a lot of people, and they might rank uh, Aberdeen, uh, Manasaw, Billings, all you know, in different spots. But at least mm-hmm. when I went through it, I, I wrote Aberdeen down first. I think you know just right and kilo probably the best one-two punch in the group so um I'll, I'll have that have them come out on top and then i think bryce Gratton will take a manasaw to second billings third but i mean that again it's really tough to differentiate between those three mm-hmm. yeah I, I think you're potentially right in terms of like talent 
I'm looking at schedule, and I think that Billings actually has the easiest schedule. I mean, they do play Frankfurt, um, but I think that in Joplin and Dearborn, their other two games, Dearborn is a lot better than their ranking, but I do still think those are winnable games, whereas Aberdeen plays Arlington and Montpelier, which I think are potentially better teams. Manassas plays St. Paul, um, and then and Bill, oh, Billings is in their group. Um, and then Albuquerque plays Seattle and Frankfurt. So I'm kind of looking at like just schedule and I'm like Billings, I think loses one of these games for sure, but I think they can grab the other one. Whereas the other teams, I can see two losses for them each outside of their group. Um, and so I'm, I'm going to go just based on schedule Billings, but I think, again, I think it's a real toss up between Manasol, Manassas, Aberdeen and Billings. Um, I, th- I think any of these three and honestly what we could see is like a lot of trading in this group. So they're they're They have like a three and three winner when they should have like theoretically have two guys in the, the finals. They'll still only get one because they traded so much. Yeah, definitely possible. And uh, yeah, I, I always forget to look at schedules. So, so I'm glad to have, have you to look at the schedules and uh, <laughs> yeah. balance. So balance I'm that out, yeah. So. yeah. I'm really good at reading team names. <laughs> um, cool. Good stuff. Well, we will uh, catch you guys real soon here with the O'Brien group.